Hello, this is Remember Your Roots, um, hosted by Kyle Shelford. Uh, I'm currently sat in my car with Tom Davis, where, um, so who currently plays for Wigan Warriors Rugby League. Me and Tom have been um, very close friends from a young age, uh, played amateur rugby together at Shevington Sharks. But now he's in the big leagues, absolutely smashing it. Um, so I thought I'd really want to get um, him on for the first uh, episode of the podcast. And also, you know, good mates, want we'll to start together. So say hi, Tom. Privileged. Hello, everyone. Hope you enjoy the podcast that Kyle's uh, starting out. Well, if they don't enjoy it, I'm going um, to blame you. Just call you boring. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Tom, um, tell us where you are now. Um, and how you got there in terms of, you know, your career at the moment. Yes, obviously, you know my story from, you know, we've known each other since six years old and that's where our, our journey together began, uh, Shevington Sharks, when uh, we very first started and Big Dave, my dad, was the coach. That was like, when my love of rugby began really and I, I knew from that point that's kind of all I wanted to do in life, so... Uh, I started amateur there and then moved to Oral for a little while and then ended up finishing my amateur days at St Pat's. Uh, to be honest, how I got here is probably not exactly the conventional way. I never made any scholarship team or town team or anything like that. I was always kind of overlooked and too small and <laughs> not good enough really. So I actually gave up on rugby league altogether. Uh, I just thought, you know, it probably wasn't the sport for me and I wanted to give something in, something else a try. I moved to Fylde Rugby Union and to be honest, that, that was what one of my times where I, I got my love back for, for rugby really it was it was probably something new a change in my career which I needed and I'm kind of what got me kick started again and enjoying my training and things so to be honest I, I, I was quite um, adamant I was going to stay in rugby union and, and build a career from there and, and try and maybe get semi-pro in that league but um, out of the out of the blue really George Williams dad Pete Williams texted me he just said look I'm coaching St Pat's under 18s we've got a national cup game and we're short on players if you could come and give us an hand so I went for a game and, you know, whether it be fate, it was meant to happen or not, but a Wigan scout was there and he offered me a trial at Wigan and then, you know, one thing led to another and here I am now. That was a pretty good story. Um, it's funny you say that really, isn't it? Because uh, you think if you if you hadn't made that decision to give up, say when you said I'll give up on rugby, you might not be where you are today. Yeah, we're very today, you know, because you get to that age where you kind of, you know, you, you do kind of stop believing that you're going to make it. Once you, once I got past 16 and, you know, I was just playing up at St. Pat's under 18s and nothing was really happening, you know, I, I was thinking, oh, I'll probably end up just quitting this and focusing on getting a, a proper job in the real world and <laughs> accepting accepting my fate. But it was uh, one of my coaches, Glenn Sweeney, who's been a massive influence on my career, both, you know, in terms of the training that he's helped me with and just the, the advice, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without him. He, um, he had a friend who used to coach up at Fylde he just said, listen, don't give up on it. Let's, let's have a go at Union then and, and try that. So I ended up, Brian Ashton, who was a former England coach of Rugby Union, he was the chairman at file, that's who we knew. So mm. we went up to Eads and I had a cup of tea at his house and I was looking at all these different T-shirts that he had, like, you know, signed pictures with Johnny Wilkinson at the 2007 World Cup final. And I thought, flipping it, like, you know, it's obviously, it's a big name in the sport and things. And he was kind of just asking me about what my aspirations was and what I wanted to do. So... I went up to Fylde and that, that really is kind of what kept me in the game, just trying something something new in a different sport and I got to know different lads and I really I really enjoyed it. So, you know, that I feel like that was kind of a, a turning point in my career, what, what kept me going and then from there, obviously Peter Williams asking me back for that game and 
you know, without that, I wouldn't have been spotted by a Wigan scout. So it's a bit of a, a weird turnaround of events. But I had to go to Union to make it in league, if that made sense. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, do you think like union, going to Union was actually the catalyst of sort of starting um, your sort of like uprising in the league, wasn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. I think as a sport, it's a lot more experimental than rugby league. You know, it, it, league now is very structured in terms of your set of six and you're guaranteed your outside backs will probably have like a few carries at the start of the set to, to get you out of exit. If, depending if you are in your own half and the forwards take over and things where Union is uh, probably the best way I could describe it, you've got more of a chance to show your individual talent. So if you're in your own 22 and you want to chip kick it, you know, they're willing to try that and things or flick passes and it's not as structured in terms of what you do with your sets because obviously there is no sets in Union. So go into that and just trying something new and a change of scenery, a change of players and how I play the game, it it really, you know, it reinvented me a lot for rugby and then going from the coming back to league then, I, it, it just, you know, that's what kind of kept me in sport, kept me involved in it rather than just going, you know, out to King Street every weekend and trying to get a drink when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> Still do that, eh? Nah. Um, <laughs> the least boozing person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we are the most boring people. Nah, you know? go out though. <laughs> you go out, you go hard. But um, when you said about like giving up, did was there a certain time? Did something happen? We were like cut, sort of like pushed you over that point where you were like, oh fuck, I'm I'm done with league now. I can't I can't be asked of it because obviously like there's a, there are lots of ups and downs with not just rugby but like playing sport in general so was the one like incident that you can remember where you thought yeah this is this ain't happening um there's probably a few to be honest i've made it no secret before i think rugby league is probably the most poorly run sport in all of the uk like how the governing body runs it and some of the decisions that they've made and all the way from the grassroots up i've known players who got great talent the lads who give their all every week and things and you know when everyone else were out boozing and things which you can do they weren't getting paid for it you know it was just amateur rugby but they still give their all every every saturday morning or every sunday morning but yeah they went by the wayside because of scouts weren't there or for one reason or another you know i think growing up like i said before i never made any scholarship team any town team and every every time you don't make a squad like that it's a little bit chipping away at you you kind of start doubting yourself thinking i'm good enough to make it i'm a better than these players and then Probably a key moment, I broke my collarbone uh, in the first game of the season when I was playing for St. Pat's and I was out for three, three or four months and uh, I think during that time injured I kind of thought, well, that, this was kind of my only chance to make it. I knew then what I thought, like, it's wasted now, scouts are not going to look for an 18-year-old mm. halfback and like I said, at the time I was still, I was still playing halfback, probably the only halfback in the league that couldn't pass no, the ball. Like, <laughs> winger now, aren't you? So. Yeah, so... Uh, I was the only halfback in the league that couldn't pass a ball, and hence why I never made any teams or anything. But that was a, a key point in in turning where I thought, no, nothing's really going to be happening. I'm going to give up. And then, obviously, going to Union was a big point. But in terms of how I got to winger, I was actually at college at Lee College with uh, one of the tutors, Gareth Gareth Hayes, who used to do the coaching. Said, look, you're not an halfback. Let's give you a go at fullback. Try you there. You know, it's a bit less ball playing, a bit more running, and you you can got a bit more open space in the backfield. So. I had my first game there and absolutely loved it. Mm. And that was probably another turning point where I I thought I've been waiting all these years. I've been trying to make it as an halfback when I'm not one. And mm. that was a, another time where I kind of got a bit more love for the game again. And so you know, they, were, they were two pivotal points. It's funny, isn't it? Like at grassroots level, so like basically when we play an amateur, it's mad how like the influence a coach can have. Like, see, so when we were playing when we were younger, it was like Tom's the halfback, give him the ball because he's, he's always been half. But like, 
with one little change, you can see a completely different perspective on the game. And like, obviously, who knows if you'd always played halfback, we might not have it, be having this conversation yeah. simply <laughs> because that, who's that fella at least said, um, "Oh, let's try you in, in in the outside." Yeah, and then the tutor, like, like I said, we've been having this. We'd have just been chatting rubbish, really, <laughs> over a pint somewhere. Oh, uh, like, yeah. In, chatting in, rubbish. Springfield, yeah, saying, oh, I could have made it if I were good enough. <laughs> well, yeah. no, no, we'll, uh, we'll be having that conversation in 10 years, man. <laughs> I could have made it. I could have been a good enough <laughs> if it went with the ankle. <laughs> yeah, um, to, to, be, to be honest, like, I say to a lot of kids now, don't pigeonhole yourself to one position. Or yeah, yeah. In, in that theory, even one sport, you get a lot of people now, the, the parents don't want them doing too much, so... You think, oh, I just like football, or I just like rugby, or just boxing, whatever it is. Just keep your options open, try different sports, try different things, because no matter what you're doing, there's always transferable skills to each of, each sport. So it, even if you're a rugby player and you go to cricket, it's going to improve your hand-eye coordination, you know, and it's, it's something completely different, but it can aid you. So try different sports, and in the sport that you're good at, try different positions, don't pigeonhole yourself, because especially for young players... I think the biggest reason I was a halfback was because I was about five foot when I was 16. Mm. I just didn't grow at all. So, you know, I couldn't be a winger because I weren't fast enough or strong enough. Couldn't be a forward. So you just shoved me in at half because I was too small, really. So keep your options open. Try different things. And at the end of the day, then you're not going to get bored of doing the same thing. Or, like, I remember I used to wake up on a Sunday morning and it got to the point where games, I, I thought, I just don't want to be here today. Yeah, yeah. I didn't enjoy playing anymore. There was too much pressure on me in a position that I didn't like. And when I look back to it now, no wonder I wasn't playing my best because I didn't like what I was doing. I feel like like we kind of skipped a bit. Where so obviously I was I was at the scholarship uh, the academy, and so Tom came in because I knew you, but yeah. no one knew you, <laughs> and he came in and they give you a trial, didn't they? Yeah. And like I remember you like some of the lads thought, oh, he's not got a shooting, and you've killed it in your trial and then you got you got signed onto academy and you got signed to first team and i remember you got um i'm not trying to blow too much too much smoke up your ass here but <laughs> you got a uh, was it young was it player of the year or something academy yeah. player of the year or not a third year and i remember saying to my mum i was like honestly there's no one who deserves that more because there was lads in that team who played well and got to first team but like for you to go from where you were which is like you know you playing at file like doing well, yeah, just like giving up on the spot. Yeah, but not like, really any opportunity around me. And... Yeah, you'd like you've done extremely well, and then to go and like you know you've won a grand final and stuff like that. It's like massive credit credits here. But yeah, so uh, so in terms of like away from rugby, because everyone knows you as like the rugby player. Like for anyone who's listening, like. What other interests have you got? Is there anything else you've like you've ever thought about maybe doing? It's all right if you haven't got it. You even have no idea, and you're no, all right. you're all rugby. But like, is there anything you've ever thought like after rugby I'd like to go into that, or you know, whilst you were doing your rugby, um, you had that on the side. So, yeah, so people like don't just know you as the rugby player. Like, is no. there anything else you were you're really into, or is is rugby just the thing? No, t- to be honest. Um... Obviously, rugby is my main passion, and it, it is me. It is my job as well. It's it's my living. But there's not too much in terms of what I want to do for a living afterwards. What what interests me that much yet? It's something I'll probably find later in life. Yeah. In terms of what I want to do, you know yourself. Like growing up, I, I went to Cornwall as a kid the old time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum and dad's got a caravan in Cornwall now, which I love going to, and like I'd love to to be successful enough that I can leave a bit of um almost a bit of a legacy behind me in terms of I can I know I've been a success and I can rest happy when I retire. 
I know mm. that I've done it all, but I want to just sit there in real little Cornish home, <laughs> overlooking the sea and just think, right, I'm happy with what I've done in life. Yeah. Right? That's that's where I want to get to at some point in me in my life, probably that, sooner rather than later. That's good though, because you you know where you want to be, but then it's just like at the minute, it's just deciding what you want to do to get there um, from from here. Well, obviously, like no one decides, like you don't need to know, but it's always good to have that end goal, isn't it? Like you'd like to live in in Cornwall, or your missus, or your family, or yeah. So just overlooking the sea, chilling out and. I know that I can just rest happy in what I've done in my life. I think that's that's probably let, let me come over and stay at your place when I'm homeless. <laughs> I'm try to try to run a business in it anyway. <laughs> Got the money left, Tom. <laughs> let me stay with you. We can look back a bit when we did a podcast and <laughs> so how'd that go. Um, Remember that business that lasted two minutes. <laughs> at least, um, at least I tried, Tom. You know what I mean? At least that's all. That's you try, yeah. I'll always be proud of you. Nah, you gotta gotta start, yeah. Just start. But um, in terms of like all your experiences so this could be rugby or could be just any like sort of things you happen to you in life what could you say um is a like, one thing you've learned um that like one piece of advice that you carry with you for the for the rest of your life that you feel like will help you going forward there's probably two and one's my own philosophy and one's ones that i've been told i've been called weird all my life just yeah, yeah. by by everyone, even my own family, I'll, I'll I'll they know that I'm a bit weird. But I'd rather be weird and have fun than fit in and be miserable. Yeah. So if anyone's like said, just go to like as cringy as it sounds, really, just just do what makes you happy. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you can't look back when you're 70 years old and think I've wasted time thinking about other people's opinions or trying to fit in or doing what's steady in life. Because you only here for, for you only get one chance at it. When you're done, you're done. You don't want to look back with any regrets. Um, kind of brings me to my next point. My dad's always said to me, before every game, look, lad, give it your best and live every day as if, as if it's your last because mm. you, you never know when it is going to be. And I thought, it's a good point that every game that I go into, I play it's like it's my last game. Every, even like I say, if, if it's just every day of life, I like to try and make the most out of every day. I smile as much as I can because like people, you know, they, they have got worse problems. There's people with can- cancer out there. There's people who have lost their mums and dads. There's, there's a lot of bad things in the world. And when you put these problems into relativity yours aren't that bad no yeah, matter yeah, what it yeah, is yeah, you know it, it it really isn't that bad and uh when you realize that every day you know pe- people are dying and you could go out tomorrow as, as morbid as it sounds but you could go out tomorrow and get it by a bus yeah, and yeah. if ultimately i don't want to look back and think i've wasted a day because that's 24 whole hours where you've done nothing with it when you could have been productive and done something or just enjoying your time that's good advice. Um, I definitely agree with you there. Like we're made now in the modern day to look for future living. You know, like people have these. I I, I don't like it when they have five year plans and things like that because I think you're just wasting time for five years. Uh, I get you've got a plan and where to go, but ultimately, whatever you want to do or whatever you want in life, just go and get it now. You've got to start doing things, and at the end of the day, it might take you five years to be where you kind of want to be. But don't just set yourself a target of that. Just every day when you wake up, just go out, go go forward and go and get it. Otherwise, you'll never start and yeah, look back I think, in life. I, I think that. Time. Like I'm guilty of that as well. Like in terms of like procrastination, like I think we all do. Like you'll write it down or you'll you'll say, "Oh, I'm going to do that by this year or next year." But then a lot you can fall into that trap of it. Like you you become more of a planner than yeah. like an actual doer. So I think like. Be there is, yeah, be a doer, not a thinker. And like my my brother says a real good one. He said like, um, oh, was it him or is it this people we met in New Zealand? But they basically said, just um, 
jump out the plane and learn to build a parachute on the way down, which is a bit like sometimes, yeah, you need to plan, but like just taking that first step, like for example, with this, like, fuck, I don't have, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try and then um, yeah, you, you just plan. learn on the way. And if, you, if you're no good at it, then like it doesn't really matter because you at least had a, yeah. had a crack at it. But um, yeah, Tom, I appreciate it. Um, for it's been a pleasure for hope, sitting with us. I hope it can help you along the way. Hey mate, I, hope, I know you'll be a big success. I hope this is what it if, is. If no one listens to it, I'm just gonna say, well, no one was interested in you, so it's not my fault. <laughs> you got no downside. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one so win-win. But yeah, um, so anyone who's just listened, then uh, thank you. Uh, it's the first first podcast of Remember Your Roots. Um, sort of off the cuff, just asking Tom questions, but uh, yeah, thank you very much, and hopefully. We'll keep on doing some more of these.